Welcome to Growth Hack by Poppy Digital. Tips and tricks to master the algorithms from industry insiders. Now here's your host, Julian Espinoza. Welcome back to Growth Hack, where we break down marketing channels like Google, Facebook, Instagram, and show them how to make them work for you. Influencer marketing is one of the most played out tactics in digital. Influencers posting with a picture of a product is what we usually think when it comes to influencer marketing. Users can see it coming a mile away. It feels so forced and unnatural. So does that mean influencer marketing doesn't work? The short answer is yes, it does, but it now requires creativity to make it work. On this episode of Growth Hack, we bring on Taylor Legace to talk about creating authentic relationships with creators that lead to conversions. Taylor is the CEO and the co-founder of Kinship, an influencer marketing agency. Taylor has established himself as a thought leader in the influencer marketing space. Taylor started his career in influencer marketing, working at Athletes First, an NFL agency where he was responsible for marketing on behalf of NFL stars such as Aaron Rodgers, Clay Matthews, and Deshaun Watson. With his past, Taylor has been able to help companies go from nothing to millions in revenue in just a few short months. Welcome, Taylor. Thanks for having me on, Julian. How are we doing today? Oh, it's a great day, and I'm excited to talk influencers. We've talked about influencers on this podcast before, but we're going to dive into something that I think is really unique on how you're approaching uh, influencers and content creators. So the first question that I have for you is, what is the current model to work with influencers slash content creators? Current model would be the pay for post model. When people typically think about influencer marketing, uh, I assume a lot of minds go to paying Kim Kardashian a million dollars to pay some sort of thing that's hugging her, her buns a little tight. That is not the model we truly believe in. Um, hiked up prices, inflated price points, inauthentic content that only does, ultimately does not convert. Um, so that's the current model and we think it's a broken one. Well, you beat me to the punch. I was going to ask you, what do you think is wrong with it? But what you're saying is the current model is to reach out to an influencer, someone that you feel is on brand to some degree, and say, hey, uh, we would be willing to pay you in exchange for you to either participate in our service or for us to send you a product, and then you actually post. And that's uh, – what did you call that? What is that called? A broken model, but it's a pay-for-post model, transactional, it's disingenuous, inauthentic. People are not stupid. They can see it's BS. This was paid for. They're not buying it. Okay, so it's called a pay-for-post model, a.k.a. the broken model. <laughs> yeah, exactly right. So obviously, you have some strong feelings that that model uh, is inauthentic and it doesn't work. I, I'm going to agree with you um, that it's definitely inauthentic. Um, I think at the start of the internet, right, and the, the start of social media, I think we had something had to happen and something had to give, right? And so this idea of paying people to promote things started, right? It, it, it was a thing. Then it became commoditized, right? And then it really became this commodity. And I think to your point, it's gotten a little bit out of hand, right? It's like, you know, uh, if you're listening to this, right, and, and or if you're, if you're watching this, I'm holding up a little Yeti coaster that keeps your beer cold, right? And so you traditionally would have this little product, you hold it, and then the, the, the influencers say, I love my new Yeti coaster. It keeps my beer cold, right? And it's very inauthentic. It doesn't feel real, right? So I totally agree with you. So let's talk. And let's get straight into it. You've got a better way of doing it. What does that look like? Yeah, we call it influencer seeding. Uh, at its core, 
All we mean by that is we are putting product in the hands of influencers that we think are great brand fits, that we think will ultimately drive sales for the brand, but we're giving it to them, not like a traditional PR agency where we're giving product and put it in the hands of influencers in exchange for anything. It's incredibly non-transactional. We are giving it to them, no strings attached. So we're literally communicating, hey, Julian, think you're a great brand fit. Absolutely love the content you consistently put out. We think you'd love our product and we want to send it to you. Can't emphasize this enough. No strings attached. And what we mean by that is we have no expectation of you to post whatsoever. Send me your address. We'll get this right out to you. Obviously, we do have expectations and would love to chat through that with you as well. So the model right now is instead of reaching out to an influencer saying, coming up with some sort of arrangement, if you will, right? And an arrangement of, of, of money exchange and, 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 and amount of posts, you just virtually send it to them for free with no expectations. You, you say, hey, look, no strings attached. We're sending this product to you. We would love to know if you love it. Something like that. Is that right? Yeah, I mean, verbatim, I gave you the kind of the outreach that we use, but that's 100% like the philosophy there. Because what you're going to get out of that, I mean, the pay for post model, right? These are people that have never even used your product before. And they're only posting because you incentivize them to do so by, hey, we'll give you this product if you post or we'll pay you and give you this product to post. It's incredibly disingenuous. And they, they aren't even genuine product adopters. And again, people can see right through that. Now... Let's talk about, because I'm, I'm a man of proof is in the pudding. How, how's this working? I appreciate that. Yeah, just to give you numbers, like our, our team typically, and I would, I challenge everyone listening, try this out yourself. This isn't like some self-promoted pitch here, but this is what we do. We identify and reach out to 500. Out of that amount, you can expect 20% to opt in to receive your product. 20%. So 100 out of 500, 20%. Out of the 100 that receive product, even though it's no strings attached, we see a minimum of 30 influencers, 30% of them post on average two to three times each. 30 influencers, 60 to 90 posts in total. We get usage rights to it. Now we get all that content repurposed in our own channels as well. So you get the organic distribution at mass scale and content creation pipeline to supplement your paid media efforts where there can even be more amplification and scale. How many people do you reach out to on a monthly basis, give or take? 500 influencers per brand. Okay, 500 influencers per brand uh, get a cold outreach message that we talked about just previously a second ago. Okay, how many of those actually reply? Reply, uh, you know, 100 to 200, 100 to 250, opt in to receive product. Yes, hey, I would love it. A minimum of 100. Okay, so on 500... Wow, that's actually, I mean, that's pretty good. That's what, the 20%? 20% of the people that you've outreached to actually respond to this message and say, hey, I want to opt in to receive your product for free. What happens next, Taylor? Yeah, then I would recommend dialing an unboxing experience. You want to make it special. You want to lend it, you want to lend a greater impression. Ultimately, it leads to just greater and higher post rates as well when you send it out. And then once they receive the product, uh, what does that look like? Like a little postcard, like a little like like with a signature, like "Hey Taylor, we really appreciate you. We love your 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 fitness content." Like something personalized like that, or or are you just saying overall make it look a little bit more uh, interesting and intriguing and uh, special? 
Yeah, so we use a, a, a preferred partner called Packlane there for this unboxing experience. It just makes it more aesthetically pleasing. It's beautiful. It's not like your yellow standard package, bland. Again, you're creating a more postable experience and a more special experience that makes them feel like you're doing something above and beyond for them. What's the name of it? Packlane. Packlane. What, what happens? Do they send you some stuff? Do we send them the product? How does Packlane work? Yeah, so the brand, uh, as well, when we're working with brands, ourselves, the brand, and Packlane all work together to create this unboxing experience that represents the brand well, that can ultimately you know, allow the influencer to feel, feel special uh, and like this is a unique thing. Um, and then from there, it sends it to the fulfillment center of the brand, and then we pack up those uh, unboxing experiences and get them out to each of the 100 influencers that opt in to receive product. And, and Taylor, I think it was important to, to highlight that you're not just sending a regular package in a uh, in a brown uh, box uh, in a Ziploc bag. You're sending a really nice experience. So when the influencer receives it, they sort of treat this as uh, they treat this as something special. Is that is that right? Exactly right. Head, head of the nail, right there. You nailed it. So now. A hundred influencers just got our really nice packaging, our great product that we believe is, is wonderful. What what are the numbers after that? So a minimum of 30%. So in this hypothetical, 30 influencers post two to three posts each on average. So that's where you get 30 influencers posting 60 to 90 times in total. So that's the mass organic distribution that comes from this. Now, you said a minimum. Right. And, and based on what I've heard so far in the strategy, you're not making guarantees, but you're saying on average, this is what people do. And, and what kind of proof do you have that this at scale has worked on average across any industry and across sectors? Yeah, I mean, in the 30 influencers supposed to 69 assets, this is the minimums that we see. Again, like you said, we can't guarantee it because it would negate the entire philosophy, right? Of no strings attached. We don't have any expectation. The minute we make someone post, hey, that this is a gimmick. It's not real. So how it works, I mean, we've come alongside brands um, like M&Ms in this, in which uh, obviously that's a big household name brand, but this strategy lended itself to increasing their Father's Day campaign by 547%. And they were able to win an award, best use of new platform on TikTok uh, because of these efforts. Now, all the way down to scaling a brand from zero to one million uh, that just got off the ground through this approach. I mean, it's for every stage of every business. If you care about influence marketing as an acquisition channel, this is the way to do it, to build the foundations and lay it out to get uh, the most creative to get the most organic distribution at the best cost-effective rate. I don't want to bother everyone with a bunch of numbers because we already did talk about a bunch of numbers, but that that's very impressive. Like, I mean, you're sending this out to a hundred people and of those hundred people, about 30, I, and you say a minimum, so you're probably using conservative numbers, um, has, has responded. W what have you seen on the higher end? Like how many people actually like when they really like the product, they, they were all about it. How many people actually engaged with it we typically don't see more than 50 like 50 percent of the influencers so but we've seen 250 influencers post well above 500 assets um there has been a brand that fell under the 30 influencers 60 to 90 assets but it makes sense as to why like if you're listening and i, I want to give the worst case scenario we seeded out the this the shirt that was supposedly to make men look skinnier while they work out 
no man is posting about that um, of their own free will, free of costs. Like it's just not the most flattering thing to show off to, to their audience at the end of the day. So that is a loss that fell under those minimums that we project. But we've seen plenty of times, you know, 100 to 200, 200 plus influencers post over 500 assets. That's absolutely incredible. And again, I don't want our audience to get stuck on these numbers here, but I think there's an interesting byproduct uh, to consider as well. Um, it's actually not a byproduct, it's just a circumstance. So a lot of people uh, may be saying, okay, I am convinced here, Julian Taylor, you've done a good job of convincing me, okay, that, that's, that, that this is the more authentic, this is the better use of my influencer strategy. So we've done that. But some people might say, well, I my, my product might be not uh, cheap, might be expensive. So I think we ran some numbers prior to the show, and you guys can run these numbers later to, to see that we're, we're right. But if your cost of your goods is somewhere between 50 to 100, what it actually equates to be is actually significantly either less or on par with what it would cost to actually pay the influencer to do it and have to still send product. So I think if you factor that in, this strategy to me sounds like a winner. I love it. Come on. <laughs> Preaching to the choir on my end. But yeah, and even just to double down that if your cogs of getting your product to the door of an influencer is less than 50, this is a no brainer. Like you should be sending a ton of product out every month. Uh, but yeah, even if it's on par with the pay for post model, like Julian brings up, if your cogs are $50 to $100 uh, and just a double down, run these numbers yourself, it's going to lead to more authentic content. And obviously that's the most redundant word in the market. It's going to lead to greater amount of sales. And that's what we all care about at the end of the day. It's going to lead to more revenue for your business. Uh, this content converts. Now, Taylor, before you go, you've got this sick calculator. Talk to us about this, what this calculator can do. Yeah, it just makes it very easy. Uh, like we're talking about, run these numbers internally. This will help you do just that. It's going to give you your COGS. It's going to give you your shipping costs. It's going to put it all in one place for you to be able to calculate, you know, how many products can you actually send out at a given budget that you have. Our team recommends taking 2% of your annual revenue or 2% of your revenue each month and dedicating it to seeding. And then you can plug and play to get that very seamlessly. That'll be in the show notes. We won't give you the link just yet. It'll be down uh, in the show notes. You'll have access to it. You can click on it. You can use it to run these projections yourself, kind of see what you um, are, are going to potentially get out of a program like this and, and try it. And, and by the way, we'd love for to hear people try this strategy. Try out reaching out to these influencers. Maybe you can't reach out to 500 in a month, but reach out to a few and see how different the experience is. And you can't reach out to one. You're going to have to reach out to, you know, maybe 10 to 20 to actually try and get some, 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 uh, some numbers back and, and some actual data behind it, but see what happens. So Taylor, very excited, uh, that you came on the show. We're looking to have you back at some point. And, uh, again, just thank you for coming on. Appreciate you having me on Julian's pleasure. Thanks so much. All right, guys, tune in next week.